Welcome. Welcome to Taylor Lovers. I am Carly. I am Jenna. And today, boy, do we have some good stuff in store for you. I am so excited. Mm -hmm. Today we are going to cover one of, well, it's not your favorite Taylor Swift song, but it is one, it's like top five. It's got to be top 10, if not top five. Yes. Today we're covering one of Jenna's favorite songs alongside a couple others. So we've got Hey Steven, (laughs) Um, White Horse. Yes. And in a separate episode, which we're also recording today, we're going to talk about the, the song, the song, the, you belong with me. Yes. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. It's going to be great. Yes. But before we dive into it. (sighs) (laughs) Taylor. Uh, So, okay. Today is January 22nd, 2022. Mm Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I think it was yesterday. If not, it was in the last couple days. Yeah. Taylor dropped a remix. Usually something to be somewhat excited. (laughs) Something to be intrigued about. Taylor is 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 certainly known for remixes. Uh, She's she's dropped thousands of them on one song, Willow, last year. (laughs) Um, But um, but before we dive into into the tunes we're talking about today, because a remix just came out, we feel the need to do a quick. Quick review. Very quick. Very brief. So, so quick because, uh, oof. <laughs> Jenna, you've, so okay, the song is Message in a Bottle. Yeah. We now have Message in a Bottle, the Fat Max G remix. Yeah. Whoever that is. Yeah. Taylor's version. Um, Jenna, I just played this song for you for the first time. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, I don't know who Fat Max G is. I don't know why Taylor decided to invite Fat Max G to do a remix of this song. And I would like to say, Fat Max G, I am not a fan of your work. (laughs) She sounded like she was being possessed by a demon at one point when she said the tongue tied did some very odd, like, like something just overtook her body. Get a priest in this recording studio, because that's not okay. Um, and I I don't understand why it was necessary. Like, that song is already such a bop. Such a bop. It goes so hard. It, goes, it we, is already a club song. We yeah. didn't need to club it up more. No. And I just... Uh, maybe Fat Max G has a, a better portfolio maybe. than this. And they just... I don't know if it's a male, female, in between what... I don't know. But, like, yeah. I, they need to reevaluate, I think. <laughs> and I would like to ask Taylor what she was thinking yeah. before this was dropped on Spotify. I really, the same. I think yeah. that my, my main question is, I want to, I want to sit down with Taylor yeah. and be, and ask her. So when you heard this final cut, yeah. What did you really think? Why did you sign off on right. it? Right. Did you really think, yes, that's the one. Drop it tonight. Right. Because I don't, I don't know. I think biggest criticisms of it mm-hmm. are, yes, the weird, deep, scary man voice yeah. was was strange and misplaced and doesn't feel on brand for her. No. Um, and... When you go into the chorus mm-hmm. with the wor- with the words like "you could be the one that I want" when she first says it, everything yes. drops down really quiet. Mm-hmm. And I get that, like they're trying to do one of those build up things where it's slow at first and then they go really hard whenever the chorus really kicks into gear yeah. the second time around. But it just doesn't work. If anything, I feel like it just sucked the oxygen out of it for yeah. me. Yeah. And as a stan of this song, you love this. I song. do. I love this song. Yeah. I felt like this one was. Mm, it was a level down. 
Oh, uh, several uh, levels several down. Levels yeah, down. Yeah, several levels down. Several levels down. But we love you. Yeah. You're, you're amazing. You're the greatest woman on earth. True. Um, and you know what? No one's perfect. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. That's, that is correct. Everybody has those days. Yes. And we... <laughs> good, good quote Miley Cyrus. To quote Hannah Montana. Everybody has those days. I like to be... Not to just cut you off here, no, but no. a quick aside about Nobody's Perfect, the song by Hannah Montana. Um, I like to be in a setting where... Um, specifically if there's like a man around and they're like upset about something they do, I like to say, well, in the words of Hannah Montana, everybody has those days and they just get a little bit angrier. Just a little mad. <laughs> ways, that, that could be a good TikTok, just like ways to make straight males angry. Like quote Hannah, quote the wisdom of Hannah Montana. Especially when they're feeling downworthy. Anyway. Oh man, that, that's, that's pretty much all I had to say on that. So thanks for the hot take. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, hopefully the next remix to come out will be a good one uh, but we can't say that about this one I'm just yeah. gonna say I don't feel like I need remixes mm. I'm good with just the regular song that's a hot take that's that's yeah. my take yeah. I know you're a big fan of Willow the 90s trend remix. just that one yeah which I was not initially though right so I right. first heard it and I didn't hate it but I was kind of like what is going mm. on this is confusing and then something happened something clicked yeah and, uh, oh, that is a song I can blast in my car and just, like, shake my hair around to. And yes. go, like, people have probably seen me driving on the highway. Like, what is that bitch doing? You ever seen Carly driving and she's right. acting just, a little bit manic? Yeah. It's Willow's 90s trend remix. That's it. That's the one. All right. Well, nice transition. We had to talk about a song we didn't love. Mm-hmm. We're about to talk, a so- talk about a song that you absolutely <gasps> adore love 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 yes love, love, love. i can't wait to hear what your take is on this song. oh i'm very excited to talk about it too because i do okay. love this song all right Great. so here hey, we go Steven. here we go we're talking about hey steven so this song was written by taylor swift and she's the only writing credit on that song correct i love whenever that happens me too yeah that's so that's always really cool because you feel like it's truly authentic taylor right yes. um it was produced uh in 2008 by taylor swift and nathan chapman and then on taylor's version which came out uh this past year it was produced by taylor swift and christopher rao the hidden message is love and theft which I guess the meaning of will be revealed in later notes it here. Will. Uh-huh. I love how unashamed she was of who this song was about. Yes. His uh-huh. name's in the title, and in case you're wondering which Steven, the hidden message is going to tell you which Steven. It's going to tell you exactly which one, yes. Um, <laughs> so the chart performance, uh, the, the 2008 recording um, was not released as a single, but it did make it to the Billboard Hot 100 the week of November 29th, 2008, where it peaked at number 94. Not bad. Not for bad not for a non-single. Single. Yeah. To be completely honest, I am actually surprised though because it is such a good song yes it is i feel like i would not have been surprised if it had been one of those dark horses that got all the way up to like the 40s mm-hmm. not even as a single because it's just so good but yeah. i don't know i mean she did have like 13 songs on the chart at that point so yeah you win some you lose some i guess yeah um in april 2014 the song was certified gold, uh, which means it sold 500,000 units based on sales and streaming um, by the um, RIAA. And Taylor's version reached the highest chart position of number 28 on the Billboard Hot Country Songs chart, which is interesting because this one doesn't feel 
exceedingly country to me. I actually think it doesn't feel country at all, personally. Okay, yeah, I thought, I was wondering if I was crazy, because I didn't really think it did either. I mean, it doesn't have the banjo. No. It doesn't have the fiddle. Right. It doesn't have, It's just I like mean, an acoustic, it's like a folksy yeah. kind of pop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that was interesting. Um, and then internationally, Hey Steven Taylor's version peaked at number 86 in Australia, number 68 in Canada, and number 105 on the Billboard Global 200. So there you go. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a little extra research on this song just because I love it so much. <laughs> so um, while I don't normally go through like a lot of reviews on a song, I really enjoyed these um, these specific quotes from reviews. Um, overall, both versions of the song were pretty well received by mm-hmm. critics. Um, Chris Richards of the Washington Post and Rob Sheffield of Blender both thought it was a highlight on the album. I agree. Doesn't Rob Sheffield write for Rolling Stone now? I don't know. I think he does. All right. Little aside. If somebody knows, email us. But I believe yeah. you. I think he moved up in the world. Good for you, yeah. Rob. <laughs> um, Chris Richards said, This song beams its irresistible smile before permanently lodging itself in your hippocampus. <laughs> Love the use of the term hippocampus yeah. in a review about Hey Steven. And it does beam a smile. Yes, it does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> kind of try to take my volume down a little bit. I love this song so much. Um, Jody Rosen of the Rolling Stone, at least in 2008, don't mm. know where she is now, um, said, her music mixes an almost impersonal professionalism. It's so rigorously crafted, it sounds like it has been scientifically engineered in a hit factory with confessions that are squirmingly intimate and true. Um, I personally disagree with it. Too. sounds like it's been scientifically engineered in a hit factory. Yeah. I can see that criticism of You Belong With Me, but... Maybe, This is, like, such a different song than, like, Message in a Bottle sounds like. It could have been crafted in a hit factory. I was going to say, like, all of Four by One Direction sounds like it was crafted in a hit factory. Because it was. Because (laughs) it was, right. Like, this is not... Yeah, that's an interesting take. I I disagree, Jody. but respect. But I did think confessions that are squirmingly intimate and true... um, Absolutely. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I found a truly delightful track-by-track review of Fearless Taylor's version that NPR did. And they had um, a bunch of different writers write a review of each song. Yeah. Um, and actually, they didn't do every song, um, but they did this one. And um, NPR music contributor Maria Sherman, she had a, a bunch of stuff to say that I really liked. So I'm just going to read a lot of it. Yeah. Um, she likened the sound of the song to that of a big band Motown girl group, which mm-hmm. that sounds right to me. I agree with that yeah, Ronnie, assessment. Ronnie Spector kind of thing. Or, I don't yes. know. That's not a Motown group. But like, uh, yeah, like they kind of boppy, yeah. like a um, bunch of girls doing synchronized dance moves situation. Exactly. Yes. Uh-huh. yes. Um, and this writer actually had been dating a a boy named Steven um, when this song first came out. It was her first boyfriend. And um, so her review says, this is where the quote starts, on Hey Steven, Taylor wrote about her crush with the confidence and clarity that completely evaded me in adolescence. Privately, I held onto her song like it was my own. When she hummed in the intro and outro, I clocked her whimsy as a great gesture towards something beyond the limits of language, as if her love of Steven was too prodigious to sing. She had to ease the listener in. With some distance and wisdom, I realized that I was projecting. She was nothing if not vulnerable on record. 
Her humming is a songwriting device, not some coded insecurity. If it was, she wouldn't give a hearty laugh somewhere in the middle. I also love that. She sounded so candid on tape. Now I view Hey Steven as less about our Stevens and more about the charm of finding someone you really like for the first time. You know, even if you break up and decide you're never, ever, ever getting back together. <laughs> like, ever. Um, so I loved that. And yeah. I, I felt like that was a really eloquent way to describe like just the just the fun the fun feelings that you get when you listen to that this was, song. Yeah, that was really well put. Yes. I enjoyed that. Um I feel obligated to note <laughs> that not all critics were so complimentary. Uh some said the lyrics were too personal or conventional. Some said the melody was repetitive and the song was the least compelling on the album. Boo. Um, I also feel... Sit down. <laughs> I feel obligated to note that maybe they should get the sticks out of their butts and just enjoy a fun song. <laughs> that's, that's my take. As David would say, ugh, Maria. <laughs> Which I don't know what that means. But anytime you're upset with someone, you, you call them Maria. Okay. I don't know. I think it's a thing that the kids are doing. <laughs> or it it's might kids. just be a thing that David's doing. <laughs> well, I agree with him. Uh-huh, yeah. I just want... Oh, my gosh. That, you know, what just to not to dive in too deep but Please. to pick that apart just a little bit the lyrics being too personal or conventional i mm. i no Mm-mm. i don't i would love to know what specifically yeah lyric wise they had a problem with because i don't yeah. see anything in here that is like uncomfortable Mm-mm. or too personal or t- conventional i think it's actually one no. of the least conventional songs in the album because yeah. she is singing directly to someone mm-hmm. that's not like you know i don't know it just mm, yeah I disagree strong disagree. vehemently yes um do you want to talk about the song meaning sure. of origin? yeah yeah so going back to the hidden message which was love and theft um that reveals that the song is about stephen barker lyles who was a member of the country music duo love and theft not subtle at all not even a little bit <laughs> And they were the opening act uh, for Taylor Swift on a few shows when she toured in 2008. So that would be before the the Fearless tour began. Mm -hmm. So she's making no bones about the fact that she really liked the guy in her opening act. Yeah. Um, Taylor said... (laughs) Hilarious. It's amazing. Taylor said, quote, It's someone who I've always been friends with and always kind of had a thing for and he doesn't know. Doesn't he? It's like... Doesn't really. He? Um, to continue the quote, it's always fun for me to put something on the album that is personal, something I know I'm going to have to deal with when the record comes out. I mean, end quote. Let me just say, what a, I mean, I don't know about you, but whenever I send someone like an angry, honest text message or email, I am not looking forward to their response. I love what a masochist (laughs) she is. She's like, whenever I say something really controversial to a person, I just, oh, it's so exciting thinking about like how they're going to answer me. Like, what? I just imagine her in the studio making her little hidden message, love and theft. Being like, And just being like, future Taylor's going to have to deal with this. This is going to be juicy. This is going to be a test of my character. I think I think she got away from that attitude as her career went on because she got so much backlash for this kind of behavior. (laughs) But I love that 2008 Taylor was just like so blatant about. And Mm -hmm. by the way, if she's going to put his name in a song, if she's going to put the band name in the hidden message, do I believe that when they were together, she was not acting like she liked him? Not for a second, I don't. I don't I don't think it would come as a surprise to Steven <clears throat> to find out 
that she had a crush on him. Probably not. And speaking of Steven. Yes. So uh, she apparently did not tell him about the song until it was released. And he didn't know what the general tone of the song was going to be. Uh, in 2009, he told The Boot, in a, this is the quote, she, she didn't say, like, I wrote a nice song about you. So I'm just thinking, what did I do? Because she doesn't really write very many nice songs about guys. So I was very relieved when it turned out to be a nice song. And it's actually one of the nicest things anyone's ever done for me, end quote, uh, which is very sweet. That's so funny. What if the song had been like, hey, Steven, F you, you're a jerk. <laughs> Well, I love to. I think it's 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 amusing to think about him and his mindset and what was going on. So he said in that quote, I had a moment where I thought, what did I do? Yeah. And for someone who's probably genuinely a nice guy, yeah. who isn't a jerk, who mm-hmm. doesn't like go around, you know, being rude to, to girls <laughs> or whatever, um, I could feel the anxiety <laughs> and the self-consciousness thinking, oh my gosh, did I do something that I didn't mean to? Right. Um, but I, oh gosh, I wish that she had told him because I feel bad for him in those few seconds before he hit play. That poor yeah. man. Uh-huh. I also go back to something that we talked about when we discussed 15, uh, the song uh-huh. 15 where you were like isn't it great how when she wrote a song about Abigail she played it to Abigail first and was like are you okay with this like she got her blessing before she put it on the record and this guy she she didn't even tell him she's just like surprise and everyone's gonna know it's about you because I left no amount of uncertainty there there's like it's very clear that this is specifically about you (laughs) Hilarious. So funny. Uh, Yeah, it's very, very funny. So uh, in response, uh, Stephen wrote a song for Taylor. um, And it is called Try to Make It Anyway, uh, which he wrote when they toured together in 2008, but didn't finish recording until 2011. Um, So question about this. If he wrote this when they were touring, I mean, was he really writing it about her? I feel like they had crushes on each other. Yeah. Because did you end up listening to Oh, this yeah. He did mention curly hair and, curly cow- hair and cowboy, cowboy boots. boots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it probably was. that. Then that is actually very serendipitous because yeah. it sounds like he started writing this song before Hey Steven was a thing. Right. Um, and if that's true, that's actually very, very cute because it it's like, oh, it's genuine. You know then that it's not like a PR thing. Right. Because um, how would he have known? Uh, yeah, and, it, and th- I'm indifferent about the song. I told I listened to it mm-hmm. this morning actually, and I uh, Bill was was making coffee, and I was playing it out loud, and I said, "This is giving me Jan's nephew from the Office <laughs> vibes." <laughs> Do you remember that episode? <laughs> and Bill just over at the coffee maker, like, huh? <laughs> like, and he goes, "Yeah, yeah, I feel that." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's like this That's is a so perfectly funny. fine." A perfectly fine, like, folksy guitar song. Yeah. Not too exciting. I thought it yeah. was sweet. and it was I sweet, yeah. Uh-huh. I gotta say, I don't understand why these two didn't date. Yeah. Like, they were both clearly into each other. And, like, what a cute little duo, writing songs about writing each other. songs about each and other. And not telling each other they wrote the songs until much later. And, like, they're, they're sweet songs. Hers is arguably way better. Way better. <laughs> but, like, but don't feel bad, Steven. Her music is better than everybody's. I mean... So that's not... You don't need to feel bad about that. That was not a slight against you. She's superhuman when it yeah, comes to songwriting. she is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of feel like... did Was it just, like, a timing thing where they just, like... Maybe. Wrong time, but... I feel like Stephen would have been very nice to her. That's 
That's my hot take. It sounds like he would have been. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Anyhow. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, that's uh, the, there, there's the there's the, the drama, the non-drama between Stephen and Taylor, which I love that it's non-drama. And I mm-hmm. feel like she doesn't get enough credit for this because mm-hmm. she got so <clears throat> much flack about the angry songs that she wrote about guys who were jerks to her and she famously said in an interview somebody the interviewer asked Mm -hmm. her if if you're gonna write these mean breakup songs about these guys why do you think anyone's gonna want to date you which is a horribly mean question and she was like if they don't want me to write bad songs about them they shouldn't do bad things to me yeah it's really (laughs) as simple as that right and if you're not bad to her she writes the cutest, catchiest song ever and about you. And has been since the beginning. Yes. People would actually listen to the whole album. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. So there you mm-hmm. go. Um, and then whenever, uh, so should I talk about the Colbert thing? This is such a strange thing. It is Let's strange. talk about it. Let's talk about this. So when Fearless Taylor's version was released, uh, Taylor made an appearance on uh, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. And she did do this very weird, long... Uh, dare I say it, beaten to death bit. Yes, I would say it. Where she was like insisting that Hey Steven was not written about him and he was pretending like he'd had a theory that it was all, that it was about him and mm-hmm. he'd had it for years. And um, yeah, it was, that was like, an, it was a great example of when comedy is just not working. Yeah. And when the jokes are not landing and it's very tired and yeah. like, okay, this is not, Okay. And I get it, like, on these late night shows, they try to do, like, quirky things. But I'm like, you could have just done a regular interview and had a five-second exchange. Yes. Where she said, like, oh, my gosh, like, how did you know? Of course it's about you. And then I was like, no, of course it's not about you. And then move on. Right. Anyway. Because, I mean, like we've already said many times, there's absolutely no question marks about who this song is about. But... And I get, yeah, like, was, okay, yeah. that, maybe that's a funny joke for, yes, for like five, five seconds. seconds. Yeah. But to make the entire interview about that, and I remember seeing that she was going to be on the show, mm. and so I, like, watched it when it was happening, and I was like, ooh, what's she going to say? Is she going to, like, tell us what the next re-recording is? Mm. Is she going to talk about the re-recording process? Because that would be so interesting. And then this joke just went on the entire time. It's like a six and a half minute it video. It is a long video, Yeah. I actually watched it in double speed. A minute <laughs> in, I turned the playback speed to, to times two because I'm like, oh no, I see where this is going and like watch the rest of it and fast forward. And so you wonder, like yeah. as a fan, okay, why did she do this then? Did she, was she just being goofy and mm-hmm. like, because I think she's smarter than to make a joke like that go that long. I think she would know that it wasn't going to be funny. Right, right. So a lot of people thought that there was like 1989 Easter eggs in this video. Yeah, which I, I mean, she mentioned a couple songs, but she also mentioned a song from Reputation. So mm-hmm. I don't, I was like, what are the Easter eggs? What did, do you remember at, at, was, anything specific? She, she said the year 1989 oh, okay. was the year that, she she had like all these facts about him. Oh yeah, and she yeah. was like, oh, in nineteen eighty nine is the year that blah 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 blah. And okay. then there was something about the pizza shop um, that mm-hmm. she mentioned. I she mentioned that shop. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what it is, oh, but God. I remember seeing TikToks where people were like, this pizza shop is on whatever street or something and like that connects to this connects to that it's I don't probably know. like 1989th street like right. or something like that it's uh, yeah. a big old stretch yeah so 
people thought that she was hinting that 1989 Taylor's version was going to be the next re-recording. I do think there were a lot of other Easter eggs that she mm. put out, like, outside of that interview that were hinting at 1989. And I have a theory that she was planning on doing that one next. Mm. But then... This is not just a theory. This is definitely confirmed. Have you heard about the lawsuit that she's going through right no, now? No, I didn't. Some no-name band, sorry, uh-huh. um, is trying to <laughs> sue her for copyright infringement for the lyrics, player's gonna play, 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 um, on Shake It Off. And it is currently like in a court system right now that she's like fighting it. And so she's not going to release Taylor's version of Shake It Off and therefore 1989 until this is settled. Oh, right, right, right. That makes sense. So my guess is that she was going to do 1989 next, and then this lawsuit happened, and it just had to like get put on the back burner. So she's... I think 1989 is done. Yeah, And probably. she's just waiting for this to get resolved, mm-hmm. and then she can do it. And I think she just decided Red would be next. Interesting. Um, that's fascinating, because isn't that the song... that triggered the whole I'm, tra- I'm trademarking my lyrics thing? Because like, I thought that... That well, maybe it wasn't specific to that song, but like I remember, like this sick beat was like a specific lyric that right. she trademarked. Oh, and so I don't know, like uh. if she trademarked that whole like the lyrics of that whole song, maybe that's part of the maybe that's part of the issue. I gotta I say, know. like no offense, Taylor, those are not your most creative lyrics. They're like not. I don't know why those would be the ones you put the trademark I know, on, right? Well, and also yeah, so that that information might be wrong, uh, listeners. Please feel free to correct us if if. The trademarking no, I, has nothing to do with Shake It Off, but I I thought it did. I think you're right. Okay, I think yeah. You're right. I just don't understand why she would I know. think that was the one to trademark. <laughs> not very creative. And also, no offense to that band, but Players Gonna Play is also not very creative. It and was, anyone could think of that in two seconds. Also, I'm sorry. I, I feel like at that time of, mm. like in 2014, mm. that was just something that people said all Players the time. Players Gonna Play, yeah. Yeah, and like, mm-hmm. I think Miley Cyrus had a song that was similar to that Sounds too that familiar. like used that kind of phrasing i don't know oh heavy sigh well hoping that all gets resolved soon so anyway you can watch the interview if y'all want to i would not recommend it, it is very tedious yeah. um all right we're we talking about the music video the music video yes <laughs> so since we just did a long tangent about easter eggs uh-huh. there's i watched the lyric video for this did you watch Mm -hmm. this lyric video i did indeed yes with the um the cute like mid-2000s photo bucket filters (laughs) so so mid-2000s um she has in the lyrics like certain letters are lower than other letters and certain letters are higher higher, than other other letters which is like why would you do that if you weren't trying to make a secret message or something out Mm -hmm, of that mm -hmm. but um i I got too tired trying to figure out what that could mean. I googled it. A Twitter user named at I am haunted thirteen nice. um, made a, a chart of all the the letters. And honestly, I don't know. I, and, and it looked it like she been. was tired too. She was <laughs> yeah. like, Taylor, what are you doing? I can't figure it out. Um, yeah. So who knows what that means? TBD. If anyone decoded it, let us know. Yes. If anyone pulled a Riley pool. From National Treasure. Ah, yes. Yes, let us know. She uh, she would have solved National Treasure in like 20 minutes. Girl. <laughs> she probably is a Freemason. <laughs> just don't know it. Um, let's talk about the live performances. Yes, indeed. So we have three that mm-hmm. we can talk about. There was uh, the 
uh, Fearless Tour performance, um, the Red Tour performance, and then uh, the Reputation Tour performance. Yes. I gotta say, I feel like across the board, pretty solid. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like my favorite one was the Red Tour. Interesting. Why is that? I don't really know. I feel like there was something... This is going to sound so, like, empty and vacuous, but there was something about the aesthetic of that time with her Mm -hmm. bouncy little ponytail and her little red lips, and she's sitting on that stool. And I did... I like every acoustic cover that she did during the Red Tour. Like, Mm -hmm. she did Starlight like that. There's another one that we're talking about today that I feel like she did on Red. I think she did White Horse. White Horse. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and every time she's there sitting, like, on her little stool, on her B stage, doing her little acoustic thing, it's just... It was... It's very, very cute, and it was... I thought it was very charming. Yeah. Um, Now, was this... was the Fearless Tour one the one where she was like standing in the crowd yes. with like people three feet from her? Yes. That one was very good too. Yeah. And I did think she sounded great. Mm-hmm. It made me nervous. I know. Right? Yeah. I feel like nowadays there's no way. No. No way that no. she could do something like that. I think if you were one of the people who got to stand next to her when she was singing mm. Hey Steven, you were like a god's chosen one like you're you're god's favorite because uh i can't imagine anything like that ever happening ever again for her own safety but i what i like so much about that one is the way that she would bounce when she was playing this song like that's how i feel when i'm listening to this song and she's just like this is just a fun song she's just like playing her guitar real hard and bouncing up and down i loved that yeah it was very cute and and reputation i think she sounded great i think all of her acoustic covers that she did as like secret songs on the reputation tour were like I I feel like this is a really good song for her voice. Mm -hmm. Even Mm -hmm. when she was younger, she could, there was nothing that she was like straining to reach on this song. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite of the three? Uh, I think for me, it's the fearless Fearless. one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was, it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, There was one, I can't really remember. I think it was right at the beginning. There was one woman who was like a little bit older. It was probably like someone's mom. Mm Mm-hmm. Who was sort of up in the upper corner, like not right there on the stairs with Taylor, but uh, leaning over a balcony and just so into it. And as the camera was panning over to Taylor, I could not take my eyes off this woman who was just like jamming. And I'm like, that lady, that lady, that's me. If if one day we find out that I time traveled back to this concert, you're going to realize that was me the whole time. Oh my God, that makes so much sense. Carly, I want to hear your take on this song. Okay. Um, I love this song. I'm so glad. I love this song. (laughs) I completely disagree with the, the review who said that it was too personal or conventional. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I think it is so cute. Um, and I love the hums. Yes. The hums, as far as a musical, a favorite musical moment, I think I would pick that yes. as a musical moment because I think it counts. Um, and the hums for me have the same kind of calming effect that the La La La's and Gilmore Girls have. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. It's just really cozy. You hear it and you think of, like, sun, sunshine just kind of peeking through leaves on trees and, like, a nice breeze in the air and, like, happiness. Yes. Hums are A plus, 10 out of 10. Love the hums. Um, I love the lyrics, too. 
And I think that the way she rhymes things with the word Steven yes. is so cute. So clever. So, so cute. Um, uh, like, I think one of my favorites is like, hey, Steven, you might have me believe in. Mm-hmm. It's just... It's so bouncy, it is. Um, but without sounding teeny boppery. Like I don't think that it sounds too young. I don't think it sounds <laughs> juvenile. It's just fun, um, and I love the. I love how. And maybe this is what they meant when they said it was too personal. But for me, it doesn't seem too personal. I think it's just awesome and cute. I love how personal the, the chorus is. Yeah. Um, when she says, I can't help it if you look like an angel. Can't help it if I want to kiss you in the rain. The idea of someone admitting that mm-hmm. and just saying it like it is. Like, you look like an angel and I want to kiss you in the rain. Yes. I, that's so cute. Um, and it's so charming to think of. To imagine what would a conversation be like if a girl went up to a guy that mm-hmm. she was already friends with and just decided to throw caution into the wind and tell him tell him exactly how she feels. Mm-hmm. And the image of like young Taylor walking up to somebody, I know she never did, obviously, but like the the creating that story in my head and picturing that playing out is so cute. It's like the best rom com ever. Mm-hmm. It's the best coming of age teen comedy ever that I wanna watch yes. and I wanna be part of. Um, and, uh, and I love the, the bridge. I love the bridge. Mm-hmm. L- lyrical, lyric wise. Um, what is the lyric that I'm thinking of? It's, um, in dimming streetlights. You probably know. Dimming the streetlights. Yeah. You're perfect for me. Why aren't you here tonight? Yes. Yes. And that, um, I really, really like that moment because again, I think it paints like such a pretty picture. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of someone, you know, in a beautiful setting and looking around and thinking that it's romantic and lovely and it's it's lovely to look at and she's excited that she's there but then there's this there's this like emptiness thinking about the person that you're longing for not being there with you mm-hmm. um uh and it again it's just such a pretty picture you can see it you can like see her like standing on a sidewalk where there's like, you know, street lamps lining like a, you know, whether it's like a street of shops or something and maybe yeah. people bustling and it's very beautiful and romantic but then it's like, ah, <laughs> like, like, but you, but all I can't think about is, all I can think about is you. Like, that's so cute. It's so cute. Anyway, I just, I like, if I had to sum up my feelings for this song in one sentence, it would be, this is a song that I, rather, let me rephrase it. I wish I could live in the universe of this song. That's a great way to say it. Right? Yes. It's a whole world in and of itself. Yes. And I want to be in it. And I want to watch two cuties fall in love. Mm-hmm. And I could just be a side character. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's how I feel about this. Yes. <laughs> when was the first time that you heard this song? Did you listen to this in mm, 2008? Uh, ooh, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think I did. I, I, I Maybe like once and didn't even think twice about it because okay. someone was just playing it at the lunch table or whatever. And I wasn't thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But I do know that whenever... We started, whenever we decided we were going to do the podcast, mm-hmm. at some point you just mentioned this song and how much you love it. Mm-hmm. And it was, pro- oh, it was probably when, actually it was probably in, in advance of when Fearless Taylor's version came out. I definitely have a text message the yeah. night that it came out of being like, I've always loved Hey Steven and this sounds so good. And yeah. you had said like, I didn't really listen to this one before. Yes, but, but I loved it too. Yeah. And I think that's when, I think that's probably the first time I truly heard it. Okay. I may have listened to it before, but I don't think I really listened until the re-release. Oh. And immediately with the hums and the beat, I was like, this is going to be a good one. Yeah. I love 
it. Yeah. Love it. Yes. What's your rating? Oh, um, oh, this, mm, I'm trying not to be, I'm trying to keep it honest and keep it real. And I feel like I'm on a streak of giving things really high ratings, but I have to be honest. I think I give this one like a 9.5 out of 10. What's the, what's the minus 0.5 for? The minus 0.5 would be that there's no moment in this track vocally where she blows my mind. Okay. And I feel like, and again, the, the gold standard for me is, um, uh, is always going to be, um, all too well. Mm -hmm. And when I think about even the recording of all too well, there are moments where she, the emotion in her voice comes through so hard mm -hmm. that I feel it in my body and it gives me chills. Yeah. And now that's a very emotional song, but I would also argue that there are vocal moments in like love story, which is less emotional than all too well because mm -hmm. it's more upbeat, more sweet, more cute, not as like heartbreaking. Yeah. But I feel like with love story, I get there too, where mm -hmm. there's moments where she gets to the big part and really just gives me chills. Mm -hmm. That little piece of it is not in this song for me. And so okay. as, as, as the self-proclaimed harsh critic of this podcast, I need to keep it interesting. <laughs> I, just, I just had to know where she lost a point. And I, did, a point. I deduct half a point That's... for not pushing me to the uh, the emotional brink. And but. the laugh doesn't do that for you. No, it doesn't push me to the emotional brink, but it does give me a giddy burst of joy. <laughs> I love okay. it. Uh -huh. Do you... I'm sorry, I'm just peppering you with no, questions this is fun. now. This is going to be a long episode. Yeah, yeah, strap in, everybody. <laughs> listen, I have so much to say about this song. Um, do you like this song better or worse than our song? Would you rank our song above or below this song? Oh. Oh, my gosh, that's hard. <laughs> Because you did give our song a 10 out of 10. I so did. I think on paper, it seems like you do. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, and my gut was to say, my gut was to say, uh, I, I like our song better. And I, mm, yeah, yeah. I'd have to say our song I think is higher. Okay. And I think it's because like, again, vocally, mm -hmm. she goes there in our song, even That's though, true. even though it is a peppy, upbeat song and mm -hmm. less of like an emotional journey. That play it again, like yeah. the last one, girl. Yeah. Just, yeah. like, she is in there. And this one is lighter and and, and floatier. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was probably a deliberate decision. Yes. But when I'm, you know, we're scoring the song overall, mm -hmm. for me, getting there is, like, that's 10 material. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. So our song beats it. By Fair a hair. Enough. By Fair a enough. hair. Just a tiny bit. She's so yeah. good, it's hard for her to beat herself. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, have fun. Dive in, girl. I'm ready. I'm so excited to hear your detailed review because I just, all I've heard is like, you're enthusiastic. I love this song. I, I haven't heard all the ins and outs of why. I wish I could time travel to a time, to the time right when you met Bill mm. and mm. play this song for you. Or just tell you, do you have a crush on somebody? <laughs> just listen to the song. Because I feel like that's half of the enjoyment of this song is if you have a crush on somebody listening to this song yeah. while you're in those, like, I, not to say that you're, like, not as in love with him now. You're more than ever, <laughs> but sure. But it's different. Yeah. That, those first stages, that yes. very first stage of, like, I really like this early person. Mm. Early, early. Just those, like, little butterfly stage. Like, 
that's when you want to listen to this song. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you maybe missed it a little bit. Yeah. Like, you're you're too deeply in love with him now. Right, right. It's old hat now. <laughs> yeah. He's like an extension of me. He's just like <laughs> another part of my body. Like, just like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh. So that's, I think, maybe why this song, like, is such a favorite for me. Yeah. Because it's, I, like, feel the emotions of that, like, that crush stage. And I, I mean, like, as somebody who is very single (laughs) it's just nice to think back on that feeling even if you know things obviously didn't work out with any of those people but that's still a good feeling that Mm -hmm. feeling i feel like is the best feeling in the world just to be like i'm so giddy i like this person so much and like he might not like me back i really wish i could kiss him in the rain (laughs) but that's i think what makes me so happy whenever i listen to this song Mm -hmm. it always brings a smile to my face always and it just like It encapsulates that giddy, but like nervous, but vulnerable feeling of just having a crush. And I feel like if you could put the sound of having a crush into a song, this song has it. Um, So I just love it so much. (laughs) Um, I've already talked about how I love how outright she was about who this Uh song was about. Mm -hmm. So brave. Yes. Um, Listening to Taylor's version... I didn't realize I could like this song any more than I already did, but her voice being deeper, it's almost like a little bit sultry because it's deeper. And she's like, Hey Steven, like (laughs) (laughs) I, I just love Taylor's version so much. Didn't know you could perfect perfection, Mm -hmm. but she did because she's amazing. Mm -hmm. I don't miss the twang. Um, I feel like this is just more pleasing to the ear. I love the Steven Rhymes so much so that I ranked them because I was just like, I want to spend more time with this song. Five to one. You ranked them five to one. I ranked oh, them I five this. to one. Okay. Oh, okay. Number five, Steven Rhyme. Hey, Steven, why are people always leaving? I think you and I should stay the same. Mm-hmm. I ranked that number five because um, why are people always leaving? I think you and I should stay the same is not a direct comparison, if you ask me. Agreed. People leaving and people changing is not the same thing. Right. Um, but it's still Stephen leaving. Yes. Very good rhyme. Um, number four. Hey, Stephen, I've been holding back this feeling, so I got some things to say to you. I Stephen and feeling are not an exact rhyme, so that's why it's number four. Mm-hmm. But... I love the way that she says, I got some things, things to, to say, say to you. you. And she laughs. Um... <laughs> Number three, hey, Stephen, boy, you might have me believe in I don't always have to oh, be alone. That's such a good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so single. Um, <laughs> but yes, that feeling of having a crush and being like, hey, maybe things could work out with us. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, hey, Stephen, I know looks can be deceiving, but I know I saw a light in you. Mm-hmm. I just, Stephen, deceiving. Where did she even come up with this shit? Like, this is so good. Yeah. Um, also, I know I saw a light in you is just like such yeah. a poetic way to say, like, you're special. Yeah. Like, there's something about you. Yeah. But no, I've, I saw a light in you. Yeah. And looks may be deceiving. Yeah. But I, I think know I saw, it. I saw uh-huh. a light I in you. <laughs> my god um, I like I have to take deep breaths because I'm like so like your in blood love with pressure this. is just oh, through the roof my heart right rate's now. like racing right now um, and my number one yeah. hey Steven I could give you 50 reasons why I should be the one you choose all those other girls well they're beautiful but would they write a song for you and the laugh <laughs> Oh, I just like, sorry if anybody's listening to this with headphones. I didn't mean to just 
blow out your eardrums <laughs> with that groan, but that's so clever. Yeah. That's so clever. Really, really, really clever. And I love that I could give you 50 reasons by why I should be the one you choose. Yes. And, and the energy with which, with which she sings the song does mm-hmm. make you believe that if you said, okay, Taylor, tell me all 50 of them, that she could rattle them off yes. without <laughs> pausing. In alphabetical order. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, um... My other favorite lyrics, which is, this is one of those songs, like our song. song, where it's like the whole song's my favorite lyric, but some other ones are, the way you walk, way you talk, way you say my name, it's beautiful, wonderful, don't you ever change. Mm-hmm. I There's something about, I, I don't know if this is just like a personal preference, but when I like somebody, hearing them say my name gives me <gasps> the biggest butterflies. Yes. And so the fact that she threw that in there, I'm yes. like, Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. Taylor. The mm-hmm. way he walks and talks and says her name. Yes. Um, also, the chorus, the can't help it if I want to kiss you in the rain. Come feel this magic I've been feeling since I met you. If you sit with that for a second, yeah. it's just delicious writing. It's just like, ooh, like that's, yeah. yeah, I want you to feel as good as I feel. Right. And I've been feeling it for so long. Yeah. Like, come in here so you can feel yes, it too. Yeah. It's magical. Uh-huh. It is. Um, can't help it if there's no one else. I can't help myself. Mm-hmm. I can't help myself with how much I love this song. Um, it's just so good. I also wanted to throw in a mention here. I'm going to get back to this whenever we do our overview episode of the album. Yes. But this is the second song on fearless where we're talking about somebody tossing rocks at someone else's window she loves that in this album um anyway the laugh the laugh the laugh the laugh the laugh the laugh i i love that it's so canonically part of the song that even when she performs it live she does the laugh Uh like when she did it at reputation i was like ah it is Um, a lyric like it has to be done Mm -hmm. it is and Mm -hmm. it's like this feeling of just being so infatuated with somebody and so excited to be around them, it just makes you want to laugh. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it is a part of the song. It is a lyric of the song. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love the way that her laugh matured from yeah. the first like album to the re-recording of it. And I think I even texted you. I was like, why does her laugh even sound better? <laughs> Um, favorite musical moments, because I'm not done talking about no, this yet. of course not. We've got, like, another page, probably. I mean, just, actually, just another paragraph. Just much more. Um, the hums and the snaps scratch my brain in a way that nothing mm-hmm. else can. Mm-hmm. I just, like, mm, delicious, delicious. Um, there's a little cymbal roll at the end of the bridge that I always do jazz hands whenever. <laughs> it's like, shh. God, I hope I hope to God that one day we get to see her perform this live together because I just want to watch you. I won't even watch her. I'll be I on the floor. <laughs> um, the melody is just fun. It just makes you want to dance. It makes you want to jump around like she did whenever she was playing this on her Fearless tour. Yeah. Um, the drums are a toe-tappy kind of drum. Mm-hmm. And I love that this song sounds so different from any other Taylor Swift song. There's no Taylor Swift song that sounds like this one. True. It's not one of those songs where when it starts, you're like, wait, which one is this? It's, you're definitely listening to Hey Steven. Mm-hmm. And I love that. 
<sighs> so obviously. <laughs> it's a 13 out of 10. Of course it is. It's a 13 out of 10. <laughs> and one day we're going to rank our like top 10 Taylor Swift songs. It's going to be so hard. This has to be in the top five. I love this yeah, song so much. Yeah. I mean, you like, I think to date, when I think about all the songs we've talked about, I don't think I've seen quite as many notes <laughs> for any other song. The only other song I can think of off the top of my head, I'm sure there are more, but the only one I can think of that probably will have as many notes as this is I Think He Knows. And it's tonally the same song. It's it is. Like, it's, uh-huh. I think he knows how much I like him. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. This one, she's like telling him. Right. The other one, she doesn't need to because Heartbeat she thinks he knows. down 16th Avenue. Love that lyric. Oh, it is I great. I will tell you a big, well, that's ten, 13 out of 10. You know what? Deservedly <laughs> so. Again, as the, as the, you know, the, the Simon Cowell of this panel, <laughs> even I can admit like that is well-deserved. This is a fucking great song. It is. Yeah, it's a great song. And I feel like some people are, I I feel like my way that I listen to music is I just like listening to things that just make me happy. Yeah. And even though this song doesn't have as much meaning to me as mm-hmm. some of her other songs do, there are definitely other songs that I'm like, that takes me back to a specific day and time. I, I don't necessarily want to be back at that specific day and time. It's amazing and powerful that her music can do that. But sometimes I'd rather be, like you said, in this world, this little universe where everybody's happy and we're humming and snapping and we're just <laughs> rhyming Steven with everything that... Yeah. Who thought there would be that many rhymes with Steven? I know, right? But anyway. No other songwriter would. Um, <sighs> I love this song. I will tell you, there, there, was a, uh, uh, there was a night, probably like a week or so, within maybe a week of the re-release of Fearless, where... At the time, Bill and I were doing this thing where, like, every single night we for, we would we would move the furniture in the house and dance for thirty minutes. Oh, I and love it was that. yeah, it was actually really nice. It was really fun. We were it was it was it was dark pandemic winter months, and we were like we wanted to learn how to like actually dance with each other. So we learned Aww. we like got YouTube and we learned moves, and then we would do like freestyle where for thirty minutes I would queue up thirty minutes worth of music and we would dance. That's so sweet, Carly. <laughs> And I put this song in the playlist the one night, uh-huh. and he, I think he probably heard it, like, when I was listening to Taylor's version for the first time, residually, but he didn't, he wasn't really listening, he was, like, doing something else. Yeah. And so I, I put it in the queue, and it came on, and he was, like, shaking, he was like, oh, this is fun, and I was yes, like, this is. is Taylor Swift, and he goes, oh, really? And it starts, and we're dancing, and he's twirling me around and stuff, and when we got to the part where she says, I can't help it if you look like an angel, can't help it if I want to kiss you the right, he, he and I were facing each other. He's like, oh, <laughs> he's like, yeah, all right. He's like, yeah, I can't help it if you look like an angel. And I was like, oh, and I'm thinking, and I asked him, I was like, isn't this the best song? He's like, this is really, really good. He's Correct, like, this Bill. is so happy. <laughs> and then like the second time the chorus came around, he he had remembered like the when she started saying I can't help it and he like jumped in and started singing along and was looking at me like I can't help it like, like, at me. and I was so pleased I was like oh, oh this is the best we need to get all the men mm-hmm. all of them and we just need to, it's not even it doesn't even require work no you just have to have them listen to Taylor Swift yes and they all jump on board. I want to meet the person who doesn't have a good time listening to this song. Yes. And be like, who hurt you? Right. What's What's going on? Are you okay? Do you... Are you okay? Is there a part of your brain missing? (laughs) Are your ears broken? (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Oh my gosh. So this is going to be a real... A real turn in tone. Oh, um, 
Um, yeah. It, I mean, it. The songs themselves are very different, and personally, I'm I'm interested to hear what you think about this song. Mm-hmm. Uh, White Horse is just not it for me. So yeah. let's get into White yeah. Horse. Yeah, let's do White Horse and. To be clear, this is the track listing as mm-hmm. they exist on the album. So yes. imagine that. <laughs> I mean, not that we need to tell you guys. You're, you're Taylor Swift fans. But like going from Hey Steven to White Horse, woof, whiplash. What a journey, right? Wet blanket. All right. So White Horse is track number five on Fearless. It was written by Taylor Swift and our, our dear friend Liz Rose. Mm-hmm. 2008 version. Produced by Taylor Swift and Nathan Chapman. The new version, Taylor's version, produced by Taylor Swift and Christopher Rao. The hidden message on this one is, all I ever wanted was the truth. Mm. Mm-hmm. Heartbreak. Why didn't you get together with Steven? I know. Yeah, Steve. if you'd gotten with Steven, all of this could have been avoided. This track wouldn't even have existed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was released in uh, 2008 on December 8th. And this was the second single from Fearless. I have thoughts, but... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and Taylor's version was released on April 9th, 2021. The 2008 version, um, again, it was... Re- or, or When Fearless was released on November 29th, 2008, White Horse debuted and peaked at number 13 <laughs> on the Billboard Hot 100 <laughs> and spent a total of 22 weeks on the chart. I think that's kind of funny that it, 13 that and 22 funny. made it into that. That is! Yeah, that's interesting. And also, I'm just surprised that even before it was a single it got that high i i don't know I yeah mean, I, they really they really did push this song though they did um and when it was released as a single it debuted at number 37 on the billboard hot country songs it eventually peaked at number two on the chart and spent a total of 20 weeks on the chart it has been certified platinum by the riaa and it sold two million copies as of november 2017 uh, Taylor's version of White Horse peaked at number 29 on the Billboard Hot Country Songs. And it also reached number 72 in Canada, number 99 in Australia, and number 111 on the Billboard Global 200. So there you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so critical reception. Critics generally seem to like this song. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, okay, I know you're going to have thoughts about this. A writer named August Brown of the LA Times compared this song to Jolene. What? Right? I, listen. Bye. (laughs) August, you're going to need to explain yourself. Yeah. Because I disagree strongly. First of all, it doesn't even seem to be about the same subject matter. I know. Oh, the music video might imply that it is, but without the music video, you never would reach that conclusion. No. No, never. Also, it's just... I, I think August owes Dolly Parton an apology for that. Yeah. Um, Slant Magazine said it was easily the best song on Fearless. Boo! Slant, did you not hear the rest of the album? Because <laughs> What happened? Yeah, did you just listen to this and then you didn't have time? Like, oh my god, my deadline's at midnight. Like, oh, all right, I'll just pick a song and that'll be the best one. Yeah, White Horse. Uh, White Horse. Yeah. Uh, I guess they skipped right over Love Story and Hey Steven and Fearless and... Right. I, Every song that comes before this one is arguably better than this one. I agree. I think all four of the songs that come before this track are better. I'm going to acknowledge that I don't have good taste in music, but (laughs) I don't understand the justification of saying that. No. Also, I can think of others that come after this that are better. Yeah. The Best Day isn't better than this. I love that song. Yes. Yeah, underrated. 
Slant mm-hmm. Magazine, I think you're wrong as well. Um, <laughs> Billboard said it was a beautiful, understated ballad that showcases her skill with the lyric and shines a spotlight on her signature tender, hard-on-her-sleeve vocals. We're all entitled to our opinions. Yeah, <laughs> to our wrong opinions. <laughs> um, it was nominated for and won five awards. Wow. It won Country Performance Activity Awards at the 2009 SESAC National Performance Music. Activity. What an interesting... What does that mean? <laughs> like how well you got on the stage like right before you performed and then how well you exited the performance activity? I don't know. <laughs> it also won the, the oddly titled award-winning songs award. Oh, yes, yes. And the public... Publisher of the Year Award at the 2010 BMI Awards. And then we discussed this at the beginning of our fearless um, discussions, but Best Female Country Vocal Performance and Best Country Song at the 2010 Grammys. It won both of those. I don't understand. I I don't know what her competition was, but I personally would be upset if I were her competition. (laughs) Can you imagine? Because also... I think just objectively, her vocal performance not is great. not outstanding. No. I, don't, I certainly don't think it's Grammy worthy no. on the original track. I, even on Taylor's version, I wouldn't call it Grammy worthy mm-hmm. vocal performance. So, okay. Um, I, that's, okay. I don't mean to hate on a song, but I just really don't understand how some of this stuff was judged. I don't either. <laughs> Um, did you want to do song meaning and origin? Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Taylor wrote this song about the same person who inspired Love Story uh, when she realized that the song was about him being a Prince Charming. Uh, the song is about the initial moment when she realized that the relationship was over, uh, which is heartbreaking because yeah. Love Story is such a great song. Yeah. Um, Taylor said, uh, quote, to me, White Horse is about what, in my opinion, is the most heartbreaking part of a breakup. That moment when you realize that all the dreams you had, all those visions you had of being with this person, all of that disappears, end quote. Um, and then in an interview with CMT, she said, when we're little girls, our parents read us storybooks and we think that Prince Charming is going to come along. He's going to have a white cape on. Do we? White cape? I never pictured Prince Charming with a white cape, but that's just me. Um, Is going to put us on a pedestal, and the bad guy wears black, and we always know who that guy is. Again, do we? Um, But but we don't know. But what we don't realize is that in reality, the bad guy is wearing jeans. And he's cute, and he's charming, and he makes you laugh, and you believe him, and you think he's the good guy, and then you realize he's not. Um, Amen to that, sister. Straight men Mm -hmm. suck. Right. Do you want me to do fun facts or did you want to mix it up and you do fun facts? I could do fun facts. Yeah, go for it. Um, So she wrote this in December of 2006, almost a full year before Fearless was released. Mm -hmm. And she wrote this just weeks after writing Love Story. So obviously that relationship did not last long. Mm -hmm. And I don't even think it was like a, like an official relationship. I think they just like were seeing each other. Mm -hmm. Um, She wrote the first verse alone and then she called in Liz Rose. I love that it's, she doesn't, she's willing to accept help Mm -hmm. um, to help her finish the song. Once Liz was in the room, they finished it in about 45 minutes, which compared to like how her normal pace seems like, like this really took a long time for her. She like, she's usually like five, you know, this song, we wrote this in 10 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) I think she wrote love story in like 20 minutes. Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, initially she wanted to save the song for her third album and said that solemnness was already represented on fearless. However, this is, I do think hmm. this is a fun story. So she's a big fan of Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. And one day, Betsy Beers and Shonda Rhimes, who are the executive producers of Grey's Anatomy, called her up. Mm-hmm. Um, she decided to play this song for them. 
And they called her back a little bit later. They said they wanted the song on the show. <laughs> and so she and Nathan Chapman recorded it immediately. And the song was on the fifth season premiere of Grey's Anatomy. That's hilarious. Which I know is was probably like just a, a very exciting moment for her to like have one of her songs on her favorite yeah, TV show. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so what did you think <laughs> about this music video? Woof. Melodrama. It was um, dramatic. <laughs> it was very dramatic. Um, aesthetically, I would say that it is, it, like, I could definitely tell it was directed by the same guy who did Tim McGraw and uh, was it Picture to Burn, Tears mm-hmm. with My Guitar, Our Song, Love Story. Yeah, like, it, it definitely had a similar look to all of those, except Love Story, which I think aesthetically, obviously, is, like, very different. Right. Um, but, uh, it, yeah, it was a little bit cheesy. It was a little bit soap opera-y. Yeah. Um, and I... And I I, I guess I would say that I think it's a better music video than something like she had for 15, which mm-hmm. looks like it was made by students. You know for, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, I agree. Um, but it felt so... Uh, and I don't want to like discount her feelings, because clearly she's like a master of writing songs about how she's feeling in a given moment. And I do think that all this was real. But I think it was represented in a way that would have been more appropriate if the actors were in their 30s. Mm-hmm. She's like, what, 19 or something when this was filmed? Yeah. And it just felt so heavy and dramatic and uh, over the top. And um, uh, yeah, it just, the kind of thing that I watch and am immediately tired. Yeah. Not even um, that it's sad, yet evocative. And so it resonates with me and I can keep watching it. It's Mm -hmm. like... This is just sad, and I have no interest in yeah. being sad right now, so I'm not gonna, no. And I did think it was kind of awkward, and I guess we'll, we'll just probably talk more about this when we talk about the song itself. I did think it was awkward that they inter- they inserted this narrative of him being a married a married man or like either married or he's in a relationship, or in a relationship, with, relationship with someone else. Yeah. yeah, because that felt so different than the lyrics, but maybe I just haven't listened to the lyrics close enough. I agree with you. It didn't yeah. I don't think that's represented in the lyrics. Right. There's nothing yeah. in the lyrics that indicates that he's cheating necessarily. Right. Um and so it felt it just felt incongruous with the song itself. Right. Um, I almost think that if if I were to conjure up the image of a music video that I thought fit better, mm-hmm. I would almost say a music video that's like the anti-love story. That is very interesting. Right? Yeah. 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 Like I picture, you know, uh, like a, her in some kind of like a period outfit with, yeah. you know, a, like a dark kind of forest and maybe some sort of castle or cottage or something where she's like a, a, a maiden living in mm-hmm. some kind of medieval fairy tale setting and the person that she loves like goes off to well, a war or something <laughs> and never, I mean, that's, that's different from the song too, but, or maybe that he just abandons her or she's yeah. jilted at the altar or like something I, mm-hmm. I can see some kind of a princess fairy tale narrative. Yeah. But it's a sad ending and he leaves. Yeah. Or what if it even yeah. like 
picks up where the love story music video oh, left off. Rip my heart out of my body, why don't you? Because yes. I mean, like that's what the relationship was. Yeah, that's true. That, that would have be, been so more interesting. That would have been really, really interesting. Is that like or the yeah, they're married or something. This is after the wedding mm -hmm. and and some other force pulls them apart. Yeah. Um, actually, I feel like I could have gotten behind not necessarily cheating as a vice in the story of this song, but I could have probably gotten behind the narrative of this is the Romeo and Juliet from Love Story who got married. Mm -hmm. And years later, he's um, he's pulling away from her and toward another woman or mm -hmm. something like that. Like, and yeah. like you, like, you know, I feel like that would have been more compelling and more Jolene. Totally mm -hmm. more compelling and more Jolene right? as well. Yeah. Uh, now I'm mad that they did this music video like this because our idea is way better. <laughs> <laughs> we we think this a lot. We, we come up with ideas for artists. Like, we do this for One Direction all the time. We're like, oh my god, we could be their managers. We'd be so much better. We'd be so much better. Don't get us started <laughs> on One Direction's management. Anyway, that, that, so sorry to like totally ramble, but yeah, the music no, video I had a lot, of, a lot of feelings about. Didn't love it. I felt mm. like it was so over the top, especially like the last part of it where she's just like sobbing. Oh yeah, it gave me it gave me Sadie Sink war flashbacks. I from the thought about you <laughs> when one day we will talk at length about All Too Well and the the short film. Carly has the a lot quote of strong, unquote short film. Carly has strong opinions about it. She specifically mentioned to me off mic in one of our recordings that. Um, <laughs> she couldn't stand the part where like Sadie Sink is just laying in bed crying for like 10 minutes. <laughs> and I I felt that way watching this music video. I thought specifically about you, you saying that. Uh -huh, yeah. Uh -huh. I was like this is how Carly felt when Sadie Sink was crying, mm -hmm. except I related to it a little bit more when Sadie Sink was crying. But Taylor sitting here just sobbing almost like took away from that emotion for me yeah. where it was like it was too over the top that it made me start to go like, okay, yeah, settle down. Yeah. Someone go in there give her a tissue, give her a hug and like play Hey Steven and we'll be all right. <laughs> It's call Steven. Call Steven, right. The relationship that you passed up, apparently, <laughs> despite the fact that he looks like an angel. Um, but it's the same kind of thing that happens, I think, when we see this, like, on stage a lot when you're direct, like, when we're directing plays on stage where yeah. there's um, a lot of, a lot of folks that I've worked with are quick to, if someone, if, like, two characters are having a fight or something and one of them's about to storm out, whatever their last line is, a lot of, a lot of people who are new to the the art will be like, okay, and you're going to like scream that at them and then storm out. It is so much more painful to watch someone go silent. Mm -hmm. And then if the last word, if, if the last line is like, then goodbye, it's so much more heartbreaking to yes. hear a, like a whisper. Well, then goodbye. Yeah. And then, and yeah. then leave everyone in the audience with like, oh, yeah. Like, no, my heart. Whereas if someone's just yelling, it's like, I feel like I'm being beaten over the head. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a similar situation. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also feel like, so we're supposed to care about this relationship mm -hmm. because we see these scenes of them laying on a couch and snuggling with each other. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm like, mm, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not feeling the stakes of this. Like the yeah. flashbacks I'm seeing of the good times aren't matching the emotions at the end where she's breaking down on the floor crying. Yes. And I I do think that, uh, again, if we had put it in the love story universe, 
the stakes are already there because we just we had mm, we had that build up. We had the build up of the whole love story music video. So you don't need to establish the stakes anymore. And then if he did leave, it would be more powerful. So if she was like sobbing at the end, of, of course I would be right. upset. After all that, <laughs> Romeo yeah. asking her dad for permission to marry her after he said, stay away from my daughter. And you get yes. past all this and it's happy. And then it's pulled out from under your feet. Yes. De- devastating. Yeah. yeah. And she wouldn't have had to go as hard. She could have like, mm-hmm. it could have been more like a single tear. A single tear. Yeah. We love a single tear. Mm-hmm. As he rides away on his white horse. Oh. Like, I... I just didn't didn't feel like the end of this music video was earned by the rest of the music Agreed. video. She looked beautiful in it. She though. looked beautiful mm-hmm. and I'm sure that Trey Fanjoy was directing her to like cry harder. Oh yeah. But yeah, like, I think she did what she was told. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and did it did it fine, but yeah, didn't resonate. Uh, no. Didn't resonate. Mm-hmm. Anyway, whew, this is this is getting to be a long. This is gonna be like episode. a two-hour episode, everybody. <laughs> Again, strap in because we are not done yet. <laughs> Notable live performances. Oh. So, um, did you watch the 2008 AMA's I did. performance? What did you think Oof, of that one? This is the one that looked like Phantom of the Opera, right? <laughs> Candelabras everywhere. Yeah. Phantom of the Opera, but she wore a like, like 2008 oh. prom dress. That's right. Phantom yeah. of the yeah. Opera. Um, candelabras yes. for days. Uh, did not the best she's ever sounded. I agree. Yeah, I think yeah. she. I think she was pretty. I think it was. It was pretty kind of flat and mm-hmm. and pitchy and all over the place. Um, she got through it, and and there were moments where the emotion really came through. But mm-hmm. overall, I was like, this is not your best. Yeah, you could tell that she was really struggling. Mm-hmm. And I think, in, interestingly, with her, something I feel like I notice is early on before she'd really honed her vocal abilities, which I think she has now, and they're spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that her pitch kind of goes all over the place when she's trying to sing quietly mm-hmm. and softly, which I can totally get. Like yeah. that's because it's hard to do that. It's hard to balance like a whisper with a, with singing. You know, right? It's um so so this song is so soft like all the way through, and I think uh, with the exception of that, you know, when it gets to the end and kind of gets a little bit bigger, and in those moments, I think we're a little bit stronger, a little more solid. But yeah, in general, it was just like. Ugh, I'm yeah. tired. <laughs> I also felt like similar to the music video, yeah. she looked like she was trying to make herself cry. Oh yeah. And I felt again like too much. Like too much. raining in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Of course, like you shouldn't be singing this with like a smile on your face bouncing right. around, but like it just felt like a little over the top. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, in my opinion, took away from the performance yeah. in some ways. And also, yes, just like Vocally, it was not her best performance. Now, this is fascinating, this next one. Yeah. So she performed this as part of her Fearless tour set list. Mm -hmm. And very interestingly to me, she performed this with John Mayer a Mm -hmm. couple of times. This was not the only performance, but it was one that I could find. Mm -hmm. And it's giving me the Jonas Brothers performance of Should Have Said No, why did she do this twice in a row where she sings the breakup? It's almost prophetic yeah. that, like, this is going to happen to you yeah. with this guy in particular. Because this is when she and John Mayer supposedly had started their relationship. And then, you know, spoiler alert, didn't go well. And they're singing this song together. What did you think of the two of them performing this together? I, I 
couldn't hear him at all. Yeah, it, it was is. it was not a great quality yeah. video. But, but I like I could hear her more or less, and I think he was just harmonizing with her. But for the most part, I was like, "Where's John in all this?" Like, I mean, he was playing the electric guitar and everything yeah. and everything. Um, I thought she sounded pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I did feel like. I don't know. This is probably me just making stuff up that's not real and it's not based on anything. There was just something uncomfortable about a guy who's like 30-some. 32. Right, 32. Yeah. Like jamming out on stage with this 19-year-old. Thank you. Where all her fans are younger and her age. It was like, what are you doing here? One of the things in this photo does not belong. I am so glad you said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, there was a vibe. I, I couldn't really put my finger on it, but I was I just felt it that it was off and strange. Um yeah. but if they were together, I get why she did it. And I mean his guitar solo at the end was you know, I mean he you know, he did his thing. Yeah. He was rocking out. I was like, okay, you know, you can play the guitar. We all yeah. know this already. Um but it didn't add a lot for me and it felt misplaced it felt to me like he was trying to like be like have more of like a physical connection with her on stage Mm -hmm. like the way that he was moving with her was like dude save it for off stage like Mm -hmm. quit she i think she was being like very professional Mm -hmm. but yeah the way that he was interacting with her i 100 percent agree couldn't put my finger on exactly what it was other than like his body language just felt kind of aggressive to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me feel so icky. I was like, yeah, me too. Ew. Yeah. Get away from her. Yeah. She's too young for She's you. She's too young. Yeah. And this is not like, I wanted to be like, this is a safe space. Mm-hmm. And by allowing this man in, we yes. have made it an unsafe space. Like Predator. He, yeah, yeah. We don't want him here. Like, and again, I don't know. I mean, he's, you know, he is who he is. Mm-hmm. Maybe he, maybe he's gotten his shit together a little bit. I don't know. Um, so I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be disrespectful. But oh, it made me, un- mean. <laughs> it made me uncomfortable. And also, yeah. nice sweatpants. Yeah. Or whatever he was wearing. I was yeah. like, she's in this beautiful like little purple dress or red blue dress or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and he's like, looks like he rolled out of bed. I'm just, I mean, if that's yeah. your vibe, that's fine. But again, it adds to the, you don't fit in this yeah. setting. Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny that she started before the song, she did her like little monologue and she said, like, you know, the bad guy, you always think he's gonna be like the guy in black. And I was like, what color is John wearing? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was like gray, but like black sweatpants. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Taylor, but hello, <laughs> look, look, look to your right there. <laughs> it was interesting. Yeah. Um, Anyway, she also played this at the Omaha show of her Red Tour mm-hmm. and at the Arlington show of her Reputation Tour. Did mm-hmm. either of those two stand out to you? Uh, not really. I yeah. thought that both of them vocally were better than the uh, AMA's performance. Like, yeah. I listened to them and thought, okay, there's the Taylor Swift voice that mm-hmm. I know now, and that's really solid and strong. Um, but it's just not a song that I feel on any yeah. kind of deep level. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I agree. Um do you want to talk about your thoughts first? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's so hear it. Not a ton to say. I will say, and we've done so much negative critique of yeah. this song, honestly and authentically, which is fine. So in the effort of saying something positive, mm-hmm. I will say that it resonated with me a lot more when I heard it on Taylor's version. Absolutely. Right? Because mm-hmm. I think that my main uh, frustration with the song from the old version, which I do believe I heard when in 2008 at like, you know, on TV and stuff when she would perform it live, mm-hmm. is that 
her voice did not sound good on this song. Mm-hmm. In much in the way that in parts of the old 15, it did not sound good. Right. It was just straining and kind of flat and kind of felt like there was a lot of effort being put in, but the polish wasn't there. So the effort wasn't paying off. Mm-hmm. I think that with Taylor's version, the effort pays off more. I think that if I really sit down and I remove all distractions and I listen to the song, Taylor's version, objectively, and think to myself, you know, what do the lyrics make me feel? What does her voice make me feel? Um, How is the song overall, um, how is it crafted overall? And is it it a strongly crafted song? Mm -hmm. I mean, the answer is yes. You know, and I think that uh, the lyrics are very heartbreaking and they're, and they're um they don't feel clunky mm-hmm. uh her voice as an adult sing singing this especially when she gets to that end part where she mm-hmm. says um i might find someone who will actually treat me well like yeah. that how she kind of almost speaks that because yeah. it's such an a, a, an aggressive lyric with a lot of emotion behind it i do feel like some resonance there uh, and a little bit of of heartbreak when i think about situations I've been in where someone like was the good guy. And then in the end, I didn't even recognize them. I'm like, I can relate to that. Yeah. Um, so I think that Taylor's version is objectively on paper, a good, a good song. Um, I think it's very, very sad. It is just so melancholy. Like it's so sad without any of the, um, without any of the like, panache of an all too well yep that i it just falls flat and it's never going to be my favorite song and it's always going to be for me kind of one of the ones on the album that if i am feeling very depressed i'll be like yes Mm -hmm. this is a white horse day Mm -hmm. but unless it is one of the 10 days out of the year that i am like at my (laughs) the lowest of the low i'm probably gonna skip it yeah yeah um musically the melody is just meh for me. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The piano at the beginning and the string is kind of like, okay, I mean, those are sad chords. (laughs) (laughs) That's about all I can say about it musically. Um, And I think vocally, you know, just again, to reiterate that part at the end where she says, find someone that might actually treat me well. Mm -hmm. I think that that's probably the part where I feel the most. Yeah. I'm going to be a little rough on this one. Go for it. Let's hear it. In this moment, right now, right in time, maybe I would rank it a little bit higher if I was, like, if, if today was one of those 10 days mm-hmm. where I'm at the bottom of the barrel. And I'm glad it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> if it was, I might give it a little bit more. Today, I'm feeling like a four out of 10. Ooh, yeah. okay. Today, I am not, I'm not here. I'm wearing my yellow glasses. <laughs> I got my pride sweater on. I am feeling peppy. I am feeling upbeat. I yes. am not feeling it today. Four out of 10. I, I, I we are, these. we are super on the same page okay. about this. Um, I actually think you might've said like verbatim what some of my notes say. Mm. Um, it's just boring. Yeah, I like, boring. I was trying to think of like a, like, why don't I like this song? And like, I came to the conclusion that it's just boring. (laughs) Sorry. I do think objectively, yes, on paper, it has good lyrics. Mm -hmm. It has a melody. It is a boring (laughs) melody. I will say, okay, so like some positive things about this Mm -hmm. song. I do think the following lyrics are very good lyrics. I, Mm. as simple as it is, stupid girl, I should have known. I should have known. Oh, yeah. I think is 
like so relatable um when you're like in that initial stage where you're like ugh, i was so stupid how could i have thought that anything was going to happen mm-hmm. here um i also thought maybe i was naive got lost in your eyes and never really had a chance was <laughs> like i i thought that was a good lyric mm-hmm. and then of course as you've said, the turn in the final chorus. Oh, the pronoun. The yeah, the change in the pronouns. To, yes. Yeah. It's a uh-huh. a really good example of one of the things that she does really well. Well, when uh, tonally very different, but she did it at the end of our song. Mm-hmm. And this is another one where I think this one packs a little bit more of an emotional punch. From I'm not a princess. This ain't a fairy tale. I'm not the one you'll sweep off her feet later up the stairwell. To I'm not your princess. This ain't our fairy tale. I'm going to find someone someday who might actually treat me well is Mm -hmm. powerful. I also think arguably one of the best lyrics of this song is this is a big world. That was a small town. Mm. Big world, small town is excellent writing. Yeah. Um, I studied rhetoric in college in a couple of classes. And the term for this is antithesis where you're just like switching the terms and the absolute opposite. Mm -hmm. And I think that is so effective. Yeah. Especially coming from, especially as like a derivative of like the St. Hollywood, this is a small town. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, switching it. And then like, that was a small town. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, it's, it's, it's giving the sense that I've now moved on. And I'm over it. Yeah. In my Uh rear view mirror disappearing. Yes. Yes. Uh huh. Um, yeah. So I think that's, I think that's excellent writing. Mm -hmm. Um, because this is written about the same person who inspired Love Story, I think it's clever that she kept the fairy tale imagery yeah. of the white horse and the prince and the princess and the fairy tale. Um, yeah, musically, it's boring and sad songs don't need to be. And she has a slew of examples. For example, just a few are Death by a Thousand Cuts. Ugh. All you had to do was stay. Clean. Mm. All too well, of course. So... I gave this a 6 out of 10, mostly because of the lyrics and specifically that last yeah. part of the song where she turns it on its head. Mm-hmm. That, for me, is what gets the 6 out of 10. I've got two follow-up questions here for you. Mm-hmm. First of all, she always says that track 5 is her what she thinks the most lyrically powerful song is. Oh. Do you think that this is the best track five on this album. Do you think a different song on this album could have been a track five? I think so. I'm going to have to look at the track listing here for this. Let's see. Because I... I feel like the answer is yes. There is a better song. I don't... I mean, I want to say off the bat, Love Story would be a great track five. But let me see. Let me see what we got. I personally, if I had to pick a track five mm-hmm. off of this album, it would have been Forever Forever No! I was just about to say that! Yes! My cursor had just hovered over it, <laughs> and you were talking, and I'm thinking, I'm going to pick this one. And I was like, oh, she's going to say it. That is a great one, because mm-hmm. it is a great song lyrically. And I think it achieves the same thing that White Horse does, but also is a good song. I'm not saying White Horse is a bad song, but Forever and Always is a song that you want to play again. It is a song that you remember the melody of Mm -hmm. and really sticks with you, but it is the same message. It's like, you told me forever and where are you now? You're gone. And it's the same thing. Yeah. Actually, when I was listening to Fearless Taylor's version for the first like couple of times I listened to it, Mm -hmm. when I heard Forever and Always piano version, I was like, this should have been the track five. That could have been the white horse. Lyrically, Mm -hmm. it's it's definitely got all of that emotional punch that she wants. Mm -hmm. So I personally think, yeah. 
Yeah. Track five. I hot take here. I think White Horse could have come off the album altogether, and Forever and Always could have gone in that spot. Yeah, Forever and Always could have gone in that spot for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, White Horse could have been a vault track, honestly, and none of us would have cared about it. We'd have been like, "That's interesting." And then... <laughs> We're probably like offending some Swifty really probably, hard. Right I know, and we probably are. <laughs> Listen, I will say this though: I don't remember for sure, but back whenever you and I talked about Fearless Taylor's version overall, mm-hmm. right? We had an episode. Did is that right? We had yeah. an episode where we kind of did the precursor, right? Um, I'm pretty sure that I, at that time, since I was pretty, I was more fresh off of just listening to Fearless Taylor's version, I'm pretty sure that at the time, I would have given White Horse maybe a little bit of a higher ranking. And mm-hmm. I, consistent with what I just said, that like on my worst days, there are good things about it. And if I'm in the right mood, I'm feeling it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just true that like over time, as I've listened to this album more and more and more, I've cared about it less and less and less. Yeah. So I say that as a disclaimer in case I sound inconsistent with what I said originally. I don't think it'll be that inconsistent, but I think maybe I was more enthusiastic about how much better this White Horse was than the previous one. Definitely. Um, But isn't it also interesting how you're kind of take on songs does change over time like it's not it i don't know it'll be interesting to do a retrospective when we've done maybe three or four albums Mm -hmm. and listen back to some of our old episodes and see if we still feel the same way about certain songs um but yeah this one i just right now and today here and now january 22nd i'm like nope yeah i don't care second question i have for you Uh about this song um i think i think the answer i'm the question's actually going to be the second part of this. Mm. I think we could probably both agree that this shouldn't have been a single off of this album. What would you have chosen as a single instead of this? Because I know what I would choose. Okay, let me do a little scan here. Um, (laughs) And the second single, too. Tell Me Why would have been a great single. Yeah. I like that song. That's Um, a good one. Tell Me Why. It was Forever and Always wasn't a single, was it? It was not. I would say if I had to pick a couple, Tell Me Why would have been an option. Forever and Always could have been an option. Mm-hmm. Um, this might be an unpopular opinion. I really like You All Over Me. Mm. And I think I would, if we wanted a sad one, I would have picked that one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So one of those three. How about you? What's your? You said you had a definite. It would have been Hey, hey Steven. Steven. <laughs> I You're honestly, like, we don't even need to stick with sad. We're just going to pick a new one. Yeah. Why do we need a sad one? Yeah, that's I, fair. I'm, I'm more on the happy side of things. So I think Hey Steven could have been the second single. I don't know why it wasn't a single. Um, yeah. It could have had the music video. That would have oh, been such a cute music video. It would have been a cute music video. I bet you Steven, the Steven, would have been happy to participate. Probably. Um, yeah. Seems like he was invested in this relationship too. Yeah. So, oh man, that was... That was a lot of detail was about two songs. Something, yeah, yeah, geez. I wonder if I feel so strongly about White Horse because I feel so strongly about Hey Steven. Mm. Do you feel like hearing this directly after Hey Steven impacts Maybe. how you listen to this? Maybe. Yeah, because it did. I mean, listening to Hey Steven always puts me in a great mood. And having yeah. this downer right after it yeah. is certainly not helping its case. If no. it had gone Hey Steven, forever and always, you belong with me, Breathe, White Horse. Mm. I don't think I would dislike this song as much. Probably not. Breathe would have been in between to like ease ease yeah. the mood a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because Breathe is one of those songs that is sad, but it is also pretty. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I also don't love Breathe. I yeah. love it. It's okay. Yeah. 
David likes it a lot. And I'm like, anyway. Do you want to talk about what we're listening to? Oh, sure. Yeah. Let me see what I'm listening to. Do you have something off the, off the bat? Because I feel like I don't. I do. Yeah. What's yours? And it's weird to say this because it is currently like five degrees outside. <laughs> and I mean that literally. That is not an exaggeration. When I woke up this morning, it was five degrees Fahrenheit outside. Um, but Cruel Summer has been oh, what I've been listening nice. to. I Such a good song. It's a great song. It's such a good song. That just, I, how do you not scream the bridge of that song? Yeah. I'm drunk in the back of the car. It is. Cry like yeah. a baby going home from the park. I want to keep secrets just to keep you. Oh, yeah. It is a very, it's a so very easy song to scream along to. <laughs> Um, nice one. I appreciate that you're listening to that in the dead of winter. That's you know, pretty great. Gotta warm yourself up somehow. You gotta. Um, all right. So in, in, in an effort to be completely honest. Okay. Um, I have been mixing genres this past ooh, week ooh, and have really ooh. not listened to a lot of Taylor Swift. That's okay. Um, I can tell you that I have been listening to on repeat, like in my car while cleaning the house in and out every day. The uh, original score for the movie Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas. <laughs> and also the original score by Harry Gregson Williams. Great composer. Also did Chronicles of Narnia. Um, he's, he's spectacular. And then also the original score for How to Train Your Dragon. Amazing. John Powell. Very Celtic. Very epic. Yeah. Spectacular. And um, <laughs> I will say, too, in just a warning for everybody who's fearing, like, oh, is my phone listening to me? Like, is the algorithm, you know, going to take over the world one day? The answer is yes. <laughs> because I was in my car listening to the soundtrack for How to Train Your Dragon, mm -hmm. specifically the song Test Drive, which is amazing. <laughs> and I thought to myself... Ah, oh, I'm really surprised. I thought this. I wasn't, no one was in the car with me. I did not say it out loud. Oh. I thought this. Okay. I thought, oh, I'm surprised I haven't seen a TikTok yet. That's that joke where it's like movie producers. Okay, John, this is a kid's movie. You don't have to go too hard. And then John Powell's like, okay. And then Test Drive starts playing and like all the movie producers' papers fly into the air yes. and everything. Yes. And I'm not joking. I haven't liked. I can prove it to you. It's, on, it's in my likes on TikTok. I got home. And I, that was like one of the first. That is spooky. It was, and it was the, it was the song Test Drive. It was How to Train Your Dragon, John Powell. Like it was the one I was thinking that about. That is so creepy. And it's terrifying. So not only is the algorithm <laughs> listening, the algorithm is already in your head. Inside it's your Inside mind. your mind. <laughs> Um, the algorithm is the Phantom of the Opera. The algorithm knows. <laughs> uh, and, and then uh, to make sure that I do say something Swift related for what I'm listening to, this is not recent, but I mm -hmm. feel like I think it's cool and I'll share it. Okay. I went through a big Marvel resurgence recently okay. with all the TV shows coming out. I'm, I'm sure. getting way back into my Marvel, my Marvel fandom and... I've been creating playlists of contemporary songs that I feel like go with Marvel characters' personalities. That's such a fun idea. Right? I love it's that. super fun. Yeah. And I made a playlist for Black Widow, mm -hmm. and I have two Taylor Swift songs Okay. On it. I have Bad Blood, the Kendrick Lamar Ooh, feature version, okay. and then also Don't Blame Me from Reputation. Nice. And, I, and they are... They're just quintessential elements of what I think is a very, very 
apt playlist. I love that. For Natasha Romanoff. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. So for the for the social media graphics, we can say don't blame me on okay. that one. <laughs> Instead of Sinbad and how to train your dragon. Hey, you know, it's good to have some variety. It's good to have variety. Yes. Um, just real quick aside <laughs> about the algorithm and yeah. our phones listening to us. <laughs> so the other day, my friend Ryan was over here. Uh-huh. Ryan's one of my best friends. We've been friends since high school. Um, Ryan is very openly gay, mm-hmm. and he and I have joked a lot over the past decade and a half of our friendship yeah. that if he and I don't get married to other people and mm-hmm. we're both single by a certain point, we're just going to marry each other. Mm, nice. Yeah. And to we, get tax benefits. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like... And we, partnership, companionship. It's yeah. the companionship. Like, yeah. we love being together. We have so much fun together. Yeah. And so I was like, well, what's our wedding going to be like? Um, he's actually <laughs> in a wedding tonight. Aww. And he, we were talking about weddings. And I was like, well, what's our wedding going to look like? <laughs> and we got into a debate over the first song. <laughs> and he wants to have... Um, um, or the first dance mm-hmm. song. He wants to have If I Ain't Got You as our first dance by oh, Alicia Keys. Cool. Alicia Keys, yeah. And I'm like, that's a great song, beautiful song. And he's like, what would yours be? And I said, well, Daylight by Taylor Swift. <gasps> and he's like, not Lover? And I'm like, no, because as much as I love the song Lover, I think it's a very romantic, sweet song. Mm-hmm. I think Daylight speaks to me more, that part where she's like, I used to think love was burning red, but it's golden. Mm-hmm. And so we had a debate about daylight versus lover versus I, if I ain't got you in this fictional wedding that we're planning. (laughs) And, um, when I opened TikTok after he left, (gasps) the first video was this guy who he does like, have you ever seen these videos where the person like plays piano and it's like, what if you're the song that plays while you're walking down the aisle is XYZ. Yes, I have seen these. Yes, and he, the first one that came up was as soon as I opened TikTok after Ryan left was What If Daylight was the song that no. played when you walked down the aisle. No. <laughs> yeah. Because, okay, that's crazy because Daylight's not even like the song from Lover. Yeah. Like, you, if, if I would have still thought it was crazy if you had opened TikTok and it was, if Lover was playing when you yeah. walked down the aisle mm-hmm. or whatever. That's insane. Daylight. And so I sent it to him and I was like, see how pretty this would be? <laughs> and I actually think. That, if we do get married, which we probably won't because he's gay and I'm straight. <laughs> Listen, you never know. You never know. It's t- it's the 21st century. Y'all can do whatever you want. I would be at that wedding, like, ready to go. We, I would I'm have... very happy for you. It would be no pressure at all. Because no pressure. he and I are just, like, so chill with each yeah. other. But anyway... I think we can compromise. He can have If I Ain't Got You as our first dance, yeah. and I can have the bridal procession <gasps> be daylight. That's perfect. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Because it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the username of this man who does these yeah. bridal proces- procession songs, but daylight makes a very good one. Nice. Oh. <sighs> so anyway, that's possibly one of our longer episodes. Good stuff. I can't wait. To, I cannot wait to see the timestamp on this thing. All right. Well, I think uh, I think that's it. No more asides. No more tangents. We're done. All right. We're yeah. done. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Yes. And um, our next episode is going to be uh, You Belong With Me. So yes. make sure you... Or actually, is that two episodes from now? No, that's our that's next, our next one. one. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes we record in advance a little bit and yeah. misline them up. And I'm like, I never know what's coming up. It's like a surprise every time. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us on social media if yes. you want to. We've got at Taylor Lovers Podcast on Instagram, mm-hmm. at Taylor Lovers Pod on TikTok, 
We've got an email address, taylorloverspodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Give us a rate. Give us a review. iTunes or Spotify. We'd love to hear your feedback. We sure would. All right. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.